Hello, ghosties. I'm Chance Lee. And I'm Amanda McAvoy. And this is That's So Gothic, a movie podcast about girls, guys, and haunted houses. We don't usually talk about our age on this podcast, but I'll just say that I'm 29, and I've been 29 for a very long time. (laughs) And today's protagonist is also ageless. We are discussing Let Me In. As some of you may have heard, there was an incident last night. One of your recent graduates here was killed. In the meantime, we need you all to be on the lookout for any suspicious activity. You guys just moved in, huh? How do you know? I live next door to you. What happened there? Some kids from school? I'll help you. But you're a girl. I'm a lot stronger than you think I am. Can you hear me through the wall? Only sometimes. I found another body a few days ago. Victim completely drained of blood. Please don't see that boy again. Where's your dad? on my dad. Hey! What was that? What was going on? Hello? What are you, really? I need blood to live. Hey there. You okay? more than just what's been going on around here. This goes way back, other states, other cities. I have to go away. Maybe you got something you want to tell me? Do you think there's such a thing as evil? Released in 2010, Let Me In was written and directed by Matt Reeves. It is based on the Swedish novel, which is translated into English as Let the Right One In, mm. by John Elvid Lindquist. <laughs> my best IKEA. Yeah. <laughs> my best IKEA impersonation. It stars uh, Cody Smith McPhee as mm-hmm. Owen, a troubled 12 year old, Chloe Grace Moretz as Abby. The one who's been 12 for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Richard Jenkins as her guardian. And Dylan Minnette as Kenny, yeah. the school bully. And this is the story of a friendship between a vampire and a fucked up kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie was not a success. It Really? Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. It had a budget of $20 million and it only grossed $28 million. Oh, okay. So not like a failure failure, but... Definitely not yeah, good. Not yeah. good. And it was very well received though. Mm-hmm. It has an 88% critical tomato and a 76% audience tomato. And Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars. He couldn't resist insulting Twilight, of course. <laughs> Any 
thing at this time you were required to do would be insult yes. Twilight. But he did say something interesting. He said that in Twilight, sexuality is treated as a tease. The handsome Edward is cast as a sexy but dangerous threat who manfully holds back from sex with a swan. Manfully. And she's tempted, but the films are cautionary fables about the danger of teenage sex. In Let Me In, sex is seen more as a troubling encroachment on privacy. Owen and Abby, for their own reasons, quail from intimacy and contact, and their only sensuous moments involve the comfort of close, tender hugs. They're also involved. But yeah. uh, those hoping to see a, quote, vampire movie will be surprised by a good film. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty apt reviewer, I would say. Yeah, I, I really liked this movie. I saw this movie in the theater mm-hmm. on a hot date. Mm-hmm. and I really loved this guy. And so for a while I wondered, I was like, Ooh, do I only like this movie so much? Cause it was such a good date. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I've seen it quite a few times since then. The last time I rewatched this was when the Batman came out because Matt Reeves directed the Batman. Oh, I was wondering um, where I recognized his name. That's funny. Speaking of Edward Cullen, it yeah. was the, um, Forgot, why, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, uh, Pat, uh, Robert Pattinson. Pattinson, uh, Pattinson, the Pat, yes. Pat, 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 um, <laughs> yeah. the Pat, Pat. I hated that fucking movie so much. It was so stupid. I would love to talk about it someday because it was just, I, you know what? That movie, Saving Grace, was Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Um, and I did like Robert Pattinson in it a little bit. So I think Matt Reeves knows how to direct his his vampire heartthrobs <laughs> he does i do i yeah. really liked robert pattinson in it i hated yeah. and 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 um colin farrell was great oh, didn't even yeah. know it was him he was honestly until insane. the end of the movie they're Unhinged. doing a tv show they're doing a penguin tv show stop it with him yeah oh okay so stay tuned for that yeah because I, I was looking it. I was looking to see if there was another Batman movie in the works and there's mm. the Penguin TV show. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Probably on HBO Max or Max. You're right. Yeah, they have all of those. Yeah. I'm afraid it'll be one of those taking a good thing and doing too much with it because he's just so stupid in that movie. It's so much fun. He was fun. And yeah. I can't remember. This movie has, to me the most iconic car accident scene in any film, Let Me In. And I can't remember yeah. if, I think he does something similar in I think the Batman. he does too, you're right. Yeah, I think in Batman, I think because in Let Me In, it's sort of a like a backseat point of view thing. I think in Batman, they do something similar where it's either a driver or like in the car point of view crash. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that scene actually until you just mentioned it. So in, in Let Me In, so um, I've been such a fan of that scene in Let Me In. I feel like a lot of people copy it. I feel like this was mm. the first movie that did something like that. Yeah. It was the first movie I saw that did something like that. And there's so many special features. There's two about mm. how they filmed the car accident. Really, that makes me think it really was groundbreaking at the time. Yeah. Why do it if it's a shot that's been done before? Right, and 
I feel like he in Batman, it was like, no, what he was thinking. No one saw let me in. I need people to see this cool accident. Yes. So we're going to just do it again. <laughs> yep, I'm so freaking excited about this. I know people are at least going to show up for this movie. Yes. <laughs> he just put, he splits it, like splices in that scene. Exactly. <laughs> he makes it work. <laughs> yeah, he just superimposes Pattinson's face over Richard Jenkins and calls it yeah. a day. Batman is driving this like Cadillac Oldsmobile or whatever it is. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that when we get there. That's mm-hmm. I love that scene. Yeah. And um I there I have another review to share, which is by someone named Anita Dunham on Google. And she says that this movie is my favorite Chloe Moritz movie. It's disturbing, has a cute romance, and is legitimately terrifying. But Anita must have been doing this on like voice to text because (laughs) Chloe Moritz is spelled C-L-O-W-E-Y, Chloe. Chloe. I was like, I was like, at first I thought it said clowny. And I was like, oh, oh no, that's just how she's spelling Chloe. Oh my God. It's, yeah. It sounds Australian. Chloe. <laughs> Chloe. Razor blades. Razor blades. Chloe Moritz. Yeah. <laughs> Another bad accent. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Chloe Moritz. So she is that so gothic returning figure. She yes. was in Suspiria. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how much we talked about her at the time. because She's not a big part of Suspiria. No, I don't think we really did. Yeah. I... This movie and Kick-Ass made me such a big fan of hers for a while. Yeah, yeah, she's so good in Kick-Ass. She is, she's a very talented actress. What has she been in recently? She's been making some choices. Someone made the point that, like, Anya Taylor-Joy came along and mm. maybe auditioning for the same roles as Chloe Moretz and was kind of- I could see that. Taking that. Um, yeah because she she was in an amazon tv show that i kind of wanted to see um, peripheral i can never say that word yes i kept seeing ads for that that's right she's in this movie called mont oh demon in the sky cloud in the sky where she is a female fighter pilot in world war ii and I really like this movie because the first half hour is almost a one woman show. The camera is just with her. She's in the little bubble under the plane with the gun Mm -hmm. and the men are talking on the headphones. And so you only see her and she just owns this movie for the first 30 minutes and it's really good. And then it turns into fucking cheesy as shit monster movie but in a good way it's so fun and there is a scene where the because monsters show up and there's a scene where the bottom part of the plane is like sheared off and she falls and a plane flying below her explodes and the explosion blasts her (gasps) back into the plane (laughs) it's great it's so good that's so much fun i have to see that you have to watch it it's like an hour in I don't know 15 minutes hour 20 really? minutes it's like a yeah. good B movie yeah, yeah. it's great Ooh. and she elevates it yeah I'll definitely have to check that out um have you seen I'm just looking through some of her movies have you s- I have not seen it but I want to um the miseducation of Cameron Post 
It has such a nice poster. I've never okay. seen the movie, yes. but I love the poster. Yes, it's uh, the author wrote something that I really liked of that book, um, played bad heroines. Um, so I decided, honestly, whenever I hear that a book has been adapted into even like a mediocre movie, I'm like, I'm just going to watch the movie. <laughs> I'm yep. a terrible librarian. I truly, if I don't have to read the book, I won't. Oh, um, same. I'll never read yeah. this book, this Swedish yeah. book. This book oh, is yeah. like 500 pages long. Absolutely and not. No. And they talk yeah. a lot in the commentary about the book because mm-hmm. what the critics who don't like this movie are the kind of snobby ones who are like, mm. oh, it's a remake of the Swedish movie. Right. Um, but Matt Reeves says that he's adapting the book. You know, it's not a remake of the movie. It's just another adaptation of the book. Oh, okay. So then critics of that say that there's a lot of shots in this movie that are very similar to shots in the Swedish film. Don't know if that's true, and I don't care. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you've seen the Swedish movie. Um, because I do think I remember hearing that this was like almost a shot for shot remake but i don't think that's true even without seeing it i saw the swedish movie actually um yeah. before this came out in theater mm. so it's been almost almost 20 what 15 20 years yeah um and i remember not really liking it mm. um and so i really liked this one and it's like you know why i like this cuz i'm an american goddamn it <laughs> and <laughs> like <laughs> i was like do you know what i like i like all the music references yep I like the fact that reagan is on the tv i like yes. the fact that they're playing pac-man like right. i love that this movie is american and yes. i just wave my flag into the Ooh. theater and i say god USA. bless america USA. and usa <laughs> cgm for chloe grace moritz ksm like usa like I, that's me this is yes. i am so proud to be an american when i watch <laughs> let me in it's so funny that you say that because i kind of have like a similar feeling with this movie without not in relationship to like its origins or it being a remake i was afraid i wasn't gonna like this movie because I, in my mind, I don't know how, I thought it was going to be very similar to Lake Mungo, I think because, like, Mm. I just saw it as, like, this dark, and it was, you know, everyone talks about how it's, like, about kids and an allegory and da-da-da, and so I was, like, you know, honestly, I am an iPad kid. I (laughs) did not really like Lake Mungo. I you know, there are certain movies that I really like that you see it and you want to rewatch it to find hidden things. Like Mungo was not one of those. And I think that's why a lot of people liked it is you kind of go back and like rewatch and pick up on little details. So I was really afraid I wasn't going to like this movie. I thought it was going to be too slow paced, too, you know, just not able to like hold my attention. Like I said, I'm like an iPad kid have you seen have you seen the joke about people like watching oppenheimer with like the um the, the like uh, like tiktok video below it too so that like it keeps no. your attention <laughs> <laughs> like that's how i would have to watch oppenheimer um Same. like i don't know why i'm doing a movie podcast with you because it's so hard to like keep my attention with movies uh. but honestly like this I think what really sealed the deal for me, and we'll, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but the scene I won't 
spoil too much but the scene where she's in sort of like i think it's like a bridge tunnel or like an overpass Uh or something that sealed the deal for me this movie is surprisingly horrifying it's really Mm -hmm. genuinely scary um the shot with the car like there's so much action but it still has like moments to pause it's still very much about the two kids and their relationship um Mm -hmm. but yeah you know it's it's great to be an american sometimes and this Uh, is one of those times god i want a big mac i don't like big macs i want a quarter pounder with cheese (laughs) and uh i'm trying to think of other american things that are Um, mcdonald's but i'll just go full on mcdonald's i want fries yeah i want a shake no i want a vanilla cone um mm. and just sit and and some milk duds and watch yes. let me in in my like You're american right. flag bikini <laughs> like that is <laughs> that is some, how like, i want to celebrate britney spears in the background or something britney yes yep. britney yeah. mariah yeah um all of that yes it's so good of watching spring breakers is about equitable to this watching this movie it's is. true. Yeah, I never feel more American than Spring Breakers <laughs> and and this. Exactly. <laughs> and um and my other way off topic, but my other uh, American movie is Drop Dead Gorgeous. Um yeah. because I don't know if I've talked about this. Had Denise Richards in a tank top with a rifle in front of the like <laughs> is the most American thing I've ever seen and yes. the American flag should just be replaced with a picture of Denise Richards in a tank top Absolutely. loading a rifle like that Absolutely. is America and I never thought I was straight until I saw that and I was like <laughs> I am straight and patriotic like double yes. surprise seeing that Absolutely Abs- again mm-hmm. off topic but the one I you know was always like or gun control da 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 you know I won't we won't get political on the podcast um but the moment when I was like you know what fucking love guns everyone should have one was I saw a shirt at a Colorado rest stop and it said if God wanted us to be vegetarians he would have made broccoli more fun to shoot at (laughs) (laughs) that was like yep get me get me a hunting rifle i yes. am true blue blooded american let's do this i agree as a recovering yeah. vegetarian i agree 100 <laughs> percent. yeah so anyways back to the swedish movie remake <laughs> the swedish movie oh yeah yeah so so i had seen the swedish movie um yeah. and you know, I can't relate to it. I'm not Swedish. Yeah, I have a right. I have a shit ton of IKEA furniture that does not make me Swedish. And <laughs> that's funny. I'm recording this on an IKEA table. <laughs> I love my, me too. My desk is IKEA. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it does not make me Swedish. But and I just remember like the kids in that movie being very mm-hmm. flat. And it's always mm. hard to tell. It's like, are they flat because it's a different culture? You know, right. and I don't really understand the nuances of the dialect and the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. But this movie, like, the kids are so fucking They're good. so good. And it's probably because America has relaxed ch- child labor laws. <laughs> Those Let kids them are work. Put yeah. them to work. Absolutely. Because yeah. you get performances Co- like this. Cody Smith-McPhee in this movie is so good. Really and the is. shit they put that kid through yeah. is terrifying. Yes. Yeah, he's getting tossed around you know he is uh, yeah we'll talk about it later in terms of the plot but he's you know in very precarious situations yeah he is uh 
and he's giving. He's doing such a good job. He's so good. He's so creepy and weird. He is. Yeah. But he's also like, you knew a kid like this, you know? Like, he's not unbelievable either. Right. He's the sad loner kid. Yeah. He was only like like 13 when they were filming this, which is wild. Yeah. I was just going to look to see how old he is. But I mean, yeah, I don't know how old he is, but whatever he is, he actually looks like he's 12, 13. You know, that's another thing. Yeah. Very young. Um, and then I always forget Dylan Minnette is in this movie. Um, I also, for the longest time thought he was Logan Lerman and I still don't quite know the difference between these two young white men. Yes. I don't think I do either then. Yeah. But I, all I know is that Dylan Minnette has a sexy shower scene in scream five. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, he's like the son of the real estate agent or something, right? He's Sheriff Judy's son. Sheriff Judy, that's who it is. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just looked him up. He was in Goosebumps, which Oh, I love I Goosebumps. Is, I was gonna I was literally just gonna say I think is underrated. Um, I love we should definitely do that movie. I love that movie. So good. I genuinely think that movie is very underrated. Um, oh, I love it. It makes me so happy. And I don't, we haven't talked about Jack Black, have we? We need to. I can go on a long conversation about Jack Black. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. Goosebumps on the list. On the list. Yeah. So uh, yes. (laughs) And Dylan (laughs) Minnette's so good in this though. He's like, (laughs) because he's, he's a piece of shit, but then like also kind of charming in parts. There's these little parts where you see him be a little, he's still a shit, but like a harmless shit and it's kind of cute. And then he's just like one of the worst bullies ever in a movie. Yes. Yeah. He sucks, but like it isn't, you know, um, I'm trying to think of like a stereotypical bully, like, you know, Sid from toy story. Like he's not just like an asshole to be an asshole. Like he kind of has some, motivation and reasoning and mm-hmm. he's he's you know and again i think because he is kind of a like i think they cast it really well he's kind of this like charming snot-nosed kid but he also plays an asshole really well and again just another actor who looks like a child playing a child role and that's yes you don't get that one yeah i wonder because he's got to be young too i feel like he's yeah. just been around for so long but i guess yeah. not he is oh he's he's younger than cody smith mcphee what yeah oh my They're, god he's a year younger hmm. that is incredibly shocking yeah on the commentary they he does talk about a lot how they were really good friends off screen oh. That's so, so nice. Yes. Yes. That was nice. I love, I love that. So not only I knew this was a Swedish movie, mm-hmm. there was also a TV show like within the last calendar year. What? Yeah. No one watched it and it's already been canceled. And um, English or Swedish? Uh, English. It was on oh. like Paramount Plus or something. Oh. Or Showtime. And it had Anika Noni Rose and Nick Stahl and Grace Gummer, who's one of Meryl Streep's Streets little oh, gummers. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, canceled after one season. And then there was also a stage play of this story Ooh. in England that was written and directed by the guys who did the Harry Potter 
like book eight stage play. Yeah. Interesting. I think this would make a really fun stage play, actually. I would be very interested. I wonder, I don't know if you know if it's still running or what am I going to do? Jump over to London, but (laughs) (laughs) I I do want to know because sometimes they do the recordings, you know, and you can watch these recorded plays and the play got really good reviews. So I would watch the play. Yeah, I, I would be really interested in seeing that because I'm sure they probably downplay some of the horror and obviously they probably you know, have to downplay a lot of like the gore and the blood and stuff. So I would be very interested to know how much I like this movie without those aspects. Cause I think I would, you know, yeah. give myself a little bit of credit. Um, I think I would, but um, that is really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So maybe yeah. someday, We'll be lucky enough to see the stage play. Yeah, or we'll pop over to London, do that, and then do the um forest bathing. <laughs> forest bathing with what's her name? Yeah, I feel like we brought it up in every podcast we've talked about since. I'm so the sorry. Forest bathing. No, I forgot about her. We definitely need to forest bathe, and I feel like all the great, especially all the movies we've been watching lately, always have some fun british estate that you can actually visit so we gotta go on a tour of all these places all these movie locations we'll start a patreon and if you want to join us (gasps) we can do like a guided tour as a group like the that so gothic group tour that would be fun comment on our social media if you want that i'll do it yes yes (laughs) let's do it that'll be fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) so in the meantime we'll talk about this movie um so this is a ham this is a in a, god bless america though god bless america <laughs> um so this is a hammer film and they have that logo that always makes me think it's a marvel movie mm-hmm. that because it looks just like the marvel logo this was the first hammer film since 1976 and we've wow. talked about two hammer films on this podcast woman in black mm-hmm. and the lodge was also a hammer film Oh, so both of those came after this movie? Those Both of those came after this one. Oh. So this movie takes place in March of 1983 in Los Alamos, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And we're, I have this guy that's in a hospital and he's in a hospital bed and he ends up jumping out the window. Mm-hmm. And there's a detective. We don't really know what's going on. It's intentionally... Uh, disorienting us from the beginning and then we get a little like earlier three weeks ago or whatever i forget what the time period is but we meet the young boy owen played by cody smith mcphee singing and eating now and laters and singing the now and later jingle (laughs) eat some now save some for later that comes up (laughs) a lot in this movie yeah a jingle i do not recall i was gonna say i'm now and laters are not a part of my childhood so i think they're so gross yeah they're like kind of like little licorice right or like almost like jelly beans i remember them as being kind of like laffy taffies but Mm. harder to chew oh interesting um yeah i don't you might be thinking of mike and ike i think i am thinking of like mike and ike or at least something yeah i don't know that i feel like now and laters are square Oh, okay. Then I definitely, I don't think I've ever eaten one. What is, is it similar to like a jujube? Did you ever have a jujube? 
Those are like little. There's a drag queen named Juju B. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if I ever had a now and later. You are not missing out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like the I'm... cheap, cheap candy. Yeah, yeah. So were they? They must have been a a bigger deal in like the eighties. Yep, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Because then you could buy them for cheap, you know. He well, he we find out later he's stealing money from his mom's purse and buying all yeah. this candy. But um, <laughs> so his his parents are divorcing. He lives with his mom. We never see her face, and she's kind of like she does talk, but it's almost yeah. like um nanny from Muppet Babies. We never really <laughs> see her <laughs> from the neck up. <laughs> um, he is very troubled and he's pretending to stab someone. He's saying, yeah. you know, say that again, little girl and like using yeah. a knife and yeah. he's wearing this plastic transparent mask. It's so unsettling. Do you know what the mat, who the mask is? I don't think so. No. Who is it? I've seen this movie like six times and I've never watched it with the commentary. I think uh -huh. so it's, it's Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. He's the he's the guardian. He's the other actor, the adult actor in the movie. Oh, yeah, oh it's his God. face. So they had to make a they had to make a mold of his face because when they put all the burn makeup on him, mm -hmm. they needed like a mold of his face. Oh. So they used the mold of his face to make the plastic mask. That's so funny and, and that so would... creative. And makes it both more unsettling and like very interestingly foreshadowing when we see how the character yeah. arc is going. Right. I just right, thought that right. was genius. That is really smart. Yeah. So he's wearing this mask. He's giving rear window energy, spying mm -hmm. on his neighbors. Yes. And we see Richard Jenkins show up. He's character is nameless. And he shows up with Chloe. And she's not wearing shoes, even though there's snow on the ground. And the next morning, we see that their apartment, they've moved in. And their apartment windows are covered with cardboard. Mm -hmm. We're also introduced to Kenny, Dylan Minnette, who's the school bully. Yep. Who snaps Owen in the face with a towel <laughs> after gym class yeah and gives him such a painful deep wedgie that he pees himself yeah and so that afternoon owen buys some more candy and a new pocket knife and is like stabbing a tree yeah and we meet abby so abby is chloe she's shoeless again and they chat a little bit and she says i can't be your friend Mm -hmm. and he says who said i wanted to be your friend <laughs> like <laughs> the dialogue and the kids they're so good and it is yeah like the the brilliance of this movie is the way he directs the kids i think the mm. matt reeves and on the commentary he talks about two two things one he co-created felicity with jj abrams oh interesting okay loves my mind i fucking yeah. loved felicity and <laughs> Because of the J.J. Abrams connection, I think he, Matt Reeves, wrote Super 8 and oh, okay. got to meet Steven Spielberg because that's such a Spielberg-inspired movie. Yeah. And he asked Spielberg for advice on directing kids. Mm. And Spielberg said, let the kids direct you. Oh, yeah. And so he would ask them every scene, like, does this feel right? What would you do in this scene? Yeah. And just like, that's why they feel like kids. Like, it just feels right. so authentic. Yeah. And that's something I, that I, I really like about this movie. 
yeah, I was going to say the dialogue, it's not trying to sound older than they are or more sophisticated. And I mean, like, technically, he kind of could have gone that way, especially with Abby. And I mean, Abby is maybe somewhat plays a little bit more mature than her age. But again, mm-hmm. it just like you said, it feels much more natural, especially, yes. um, you know, little little Cody there. He's he's a weird little shithead kid and i love him (laughs) he's a genius in this movie he's so good yeah so so we see the guardian played by richard jenkins he kills this man he's hiding in the back of his car Mm -hmm. and there's this really scary shot where there's a train passing and he's in the back seat with like a garbage bag over his head with two eye holes yeah ripped out which according to the commentary richard jenkins made himself Oh, they they weren't sure what they were going to cover him up with. Yeah. And he grabbed a plastic bag and tore out the eye holes oh, and put it on his head. And I the director was that. like, that works. <laughs> yep. So it reminds me of um, the town that dreaded sundown like that. I don't <gasps> know if you don't. Yeah. Like I've heard of that. Yeah. And it's so eerie and creepy. It's very well done. Mm-hmm. And he strangles this man, kills him, strings him up in the woods and punctures his uh jugular yeah. to drain all his blood into like a milk gallon jug mm-hmm. but he drops it whoops <laughs> i know i love that he's kind of he's kind of a goofball he's kind of a kind of a dunce <laughs> it's kind of I know, i've watched see this movie so many times the first time i saw it i took it so seriously but now <laughs> it's almost like this comedy of errors with him trying to kill these yes. people and failing repeatedly right like you don't get a lot of background on him um, I, I think maybe she mentions that they've been together, traveling together for a while, but like, he seems like he's almost like this new, like, just like, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 She'll call him her dad for a bit, I think, mm. maybe, or, or Owen just thinks he, yeah. Owen says, that's your dad. Right. Um, and that was and something she's... I had trouble with. I don't know if I'm just unobservant, but in the Swedish movie, I had no idea who this guy was supposed to be. You yeah. know why he showed up, and this movie gives you a clue as to who he is near mm-hmm. the end of it. So, um, back at the apartment, Owen's listening through the wall because they've moved in next door, and Abby is yelling at "quote unquote" dad in this like deep male demon voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's commanding. Oh, it's so scary! And he says he's tired and suggests maybe he wants to get caught. And that evening, Owen's outside. They have like a little courtyard with a jungle gym and some other stuff. And he's out there playing with the Rubik's Cube. And he shows Abby the Rubik's Cube, but also says she smells funny. So <laughs> she... Classic kid stuff. <laughs> I know. So she kills a jogger. And this is the scene you were telling talking yeah. about earlier in the tunnel. Oh, it's so... I mean, it's genuinely one of the scariest scenes I've seen in a long time. And also I should mention that vampires usually like don't do it for me. Like they usually don't scare me. Um, But I think it is because this movie is so believable. Um, You know, it really, it, it freaked me out. It's, it's a scary, scary scene. And she's so feral and violent. Yeah. Right. Like I just, you know, there's so many times when, you know, it's one of those situations where you can put yourself in the victim's shoes. Cause like, you know, 
yeah so he's jogging through this tunnel he stumbles across this girl who is barefoot and dirty and you know doesn't look healthy yeah exactly like i i don't know what i would do in that situation i would probably stop and ask if she wanted me to Mm -hmm. call the police or something and just the second she gets up and gets sort of like around his like neck oh so scared and it's all done in sort of a silhouette because you're just seeing it through the tunnel with the backdrop it's it's frightening it gives me the goosebumps the heebie-jeebies yeah it's really well shot it's really Mm -hmm. well staged creepy Mm -hmm. as fuck love it (laughs) love it yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so now we know she's some sort of monster mm-hmm. vampire and she's fed and now she's like looking like she's conditioned and she's yes. all clean and she doesn't <laughs> stink anymore. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she does the Rubik's cube and everything. And he asks her how old she is. And she says 12 more or less. Yeah. How old are <laughs> you? And he says 12 years, eight months and nine days. What do you mean more or less? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Did this just, movie come out? It had to have come out after Twilight, right? Oh yes, because yes, he yes. makes fun of it. Yeah, because in Twilight, they you know I think it's it's kind of later in this movie, but there is the line, you know, where Bella asks Edward, "How old are you? Seventeen? How long have you been seventeen? A long time." <laughs> yeah, they do the same thing here. Yeah, yep. classic. You know, vampire conversation. Every vampire, you meet, vampires, you got to have this conversation with them. How old are you? How long? I I just hope if I become a vampire, like I still look cute. Yeah, I think I'm already past the point where I would want to be stuck forever. So no, I I do just because I have a bad back now. Well, you wouldn't have to worry about that. The thing is that when you true. become a vampire, like all the, all that stuff goes away. Yeah, but, like you your do become super strong. Stays yeah. the same. You get like a little glow up, but like. Yes, you're right. You're Mm. right. You know, actually, I, you know what? I do like being this age because I, for one of the first times, uh, did not get carded the other day at a bar. So I do think I would like to stay this age because it would be really annoying to show my Mm -hmm. ID as vampire. Yeah. Um, So you're right. You're right. And all that paperwork you'd have to do and try to explain why you're not aging and all that, that would be hard. Yeah. Yeah. No. I would just like to live off the grill, off the grill, off the grill, <laughs> and occasionally pop into my local dive bar. Oh, that would actually be such a fun life. Yeah, very true blood. Yeah. Yeah, I could do some karaoke there on like Friday mm-hmm. nights. That would be really fun. All right, vampires, if you're listening, come get come us. Game. We're ready. We're ready. We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> So in the movie, we have another That's So Gothic cameo. It's Olivia Hussey shows up. Hussey shows up in the Romeo and Juliet. Oh. They're watching the Zeffirelli at Romeo and Juliet with Olivia Hussey. Yeah. That's so funny. I didn't even like put that together. Oh. This is like the most That's So Gothic movie so far. Everybody, (laughs) like half the cast is we've talked about before. I know, She was in Black Christmas, of course. Yeah. And was she in something else that we watched? I don't know. She's in in Psycho 4, which we didn't watch, but we talked about Psycho 2. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. And I do think I watched Psycho 4 in in preparation. (laughs) 
Mm, yeah, that was a you took a bullet on yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, we get another harsh bullying scene, and then Owen goes. He gets the Romeo and Juliet book and mm-hmm. shares it with Abby, and they teach each other Morse code and they tap through the wall with mm-hmm. Morse code. And but she will see this band aid that he has on because Kenny hit him with like a pointer or something and whipped a cut his face. Yeah. And she tells him that she needs to, that, that Owen needs to hit back. Yes. And if that's not enough, then he needs to use his knife. And Mm -hmm. if that's not enough, then she'll help. Yeah. So very intense. Mm -hmm. So Owen ends up signing up for weightlifting and he later will steal um, 20 bucks with this like painting of Jesus watching him. And (laughs) He takes Abby to the pharmacy that also has the Pac-Man game and other mm-hmm. arcade things. And I, this, I love this. I love when they're playing arcade games and buying candy. Yeah. Cody is so cute in this. Right. It's just kids being kids. Um, you know, I it's one of the only like, well, it is really the only bright scene with the two of them. Usually they're somewhere dark and dreary. And even though this is like kind of like, um, what's the word? Like, led um you neon know, neon lights and so it's that kind of like cool toned like grungy light it's still bright it's nice just seeing them have fun together yeah he you get the feeling he's never really had a friend and he yeah. has this friend and same with her because she eats the candy that he gives mm-hmm. her and even though it makes her throw up yeah. And they have this brief conversation where she says, would you like me if I wasn't a girl? Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thing that comes up with these kind of like low, low queer undertones. Yeah. I guess in the book, she actually is a boy and oh. was like her. She was castrated and has oh. like nothing, has like a scar. Um, interesting. Yeah huh and this movie doesn't really engage with that no that would be i feel like a hard sell (laughs) in america i and because i'm assuming they didn't do it for the swedish movie either i think they do in the swedish movie i feel like there's a scene where you like you see the characters like scarred genitalia interesting yeah i i i mean i i think that obviously adds a very interesting layer um because i mean you could start talking about you know how much does gender affect you know even the binary that you're assigned to if you're a vampire and you live forever Mm -hmm. and you're you're not fully human like do you even subscribe to that um right so interesting isn't there wasn't there something in interview with a vampire that was like similar or was it just that like there was it was obviously a very queer overall but isn't when don't they meet a like a genderless vampire in america or am i when they go and visit or am i remembering that uh, correctly? i don't remember yeah <laughs> we don't have to dredge up those memories <laughs> uh, <laughs> no i liked that movie though i liked that yeah, one but yeah yeah I, I thought there was something kind of thematically similar but maybe i'm remembering wrong interesting yeah yeah and this movie doesn't she says that a couple times but it doesn't really engage with that no um 
But her guardian is starting to get a little jealous, maybe. And he asks her not to see that boy anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but we soon get, to me, the iconic scene from this movie, the car crash scene. Yeah, They're playing. I don't know. I forget who sings the song. I'm burning. I'm burning. I'm oh. burning for you. Yeah. Um, oh, the scene is so good. So he's in the back seat with the bag over his head. Mm-hmm. And he's got this like college kid that he's going to kill. But then this other kid shows up and gets in the car with him. So he's got these two young men in the car and they go to the gas station and one of them gets out to get a snack and the other one stays in the car, Mm -hmm. but then reaches into the back seat and sees him back there. And again, you just think like, this is something that I was, you know, as a teenager was scared of that someone would be in the back seat of the car, I think from urban legend. Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, it's just so fucking creepy. Yeah. But it also it's funny leading up to that because the guy like throws his bag on yep. him. And everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny because the whole scene, I was stressed out for the guardian, like for the killer. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like this tense like build up. Um, and because it, I maybe I'm, you know, it just felt longer than it was, but it felt like a long scene of oh, them yeah. driving and you know, before they even get to the gas station. The tension is off the charts with this. Yes. And when he sees him, they immediately start struggling. Mm -hmm. And the Guardian character manages to climb into the front seat and start backing up the car. The other guys see the car being stolen and this violence happening in the car. So they go to chase it, but the camera is like positioned in the back seat the whole time. And the car is driving backwards. And then the car goes off an embankment. They hit a light pole, Mm -hmm. spin around barrel roll down this hill. Whereas the, but the camera main remains stationary. So you just kind of see the people again, it's a shot you've seen a million times since, but this was the first time I had, ever seen anything like this in a movie and i yeah. my jaw was on the floor yeah and they're the car lands upside down they're crushed underneath and the guardian pours this acid all over his face yeah as I think, the paramedics show up yeah i'm wondering if it was um holy water oh that- well i don't think he's a vampire though he's a human really he's a human yeah Oh my God, that changes like the whole movie for me. Yeah, he's a human. That makes so much more sense. I feel stupid for not <laughs> noticing that. But because, <laughs> like, you know, they showed it in the beginning of the movie. So it's, you know, not a spoiler for anyone listening along. But I was like, how did just jumping out a window kill him? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. that's so funny. Okay. All right. This makes way more sense all right yes i'm i feel like stupid but at the same time i'm i'm excited i know this now yes (laughs) big reveal yeah okay okay yeah so i'm assuming he has that for this reason so if he gets caught they can't trace him back to her right makes him unidentifiable and so he gets taken to the hospital and Abby's like very happy at home, but then she mm-hmm. hears this news on the radio and is able to make the connection that it was him because he hasn't come home. So she goes into the hospital and we get this cool scene where I really liked the scene because there she goes in, she has no shoes on and she's asking the nurse if she can see her dad. And the nurse says he's on the 
restricted floor. And so she leaves and the nurse sees she doesn't have shoes. So the nurse runs after her and the camera's on the nurse with the hospital in the background, but you see her climbing the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And the way they do it is because I know, again, I've seen this movie and I'm always looking for her and I'm like, where is she going to be? And they do this really brilliant thing where a light in one of the windows flickers and it draws your attention to that part of the screen. And then you see her because she's the size of like a fly. Like it's very small and very subtle and really well done. Yeah. Love that. So she goes up. His face is really gross and melted off mm-hmm. and she he lets her feed on him and then he falls out of the window to his death and so that brings us back to the beginning mm-hmm. where there's a detective now trying to figure out who this guy is and what what is going on so meanwhile the next day the school kids go to play ice hockey and the bullies are threatening owen as usual And so Owen ends up hitting Kenny with this stick and splitting his ear in half. This is Ah, one of the grossest ah, parts of the movie. Oh, man. Yeah. It's yucky. And I I feel so bad for the gym teacher, like, having to deal with this. No, seriously. The gym teacher, I, we haven't mentioned him, but he's very sweet. Like, he seems he's the only, like, nice adult. He's just trying to do his best and just, like... Whenever I see a gym teacher, I think of the line from um, uh, School of Rock, where he says, those who cannot do, teach, and those who cannot teach, become gym teachers. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I always believed that until this guy, because he's so sweet. He's, He's so nice. A gym he teacher. So hard. Yeah. Uh, he had been, uh, I kind of glossed over it, but he had like Owen signs up for weightlifting and he's kind of mm-hmm. coaching him through that. You know, he's, he's all, and he's always telling Kenny to shut the fuck up and all this yes. stuff. Like he's doing <laughs> the best he can. Um, so Owen's very proud of himself. And so he shares what he did with Abby and she kisses him and they go into this like, abandons little underground apartment yeah and he wants to make a pact like kids do i guess where they make Mm -hmm. this blood pact he really cuts the fuck out of his thumb though it's like my god sir you just need like a little dot or something seriously i know it's like a gash he practically cuts his thumb in half and he's bleeding so much and so she goes into this bloodlust and licks up the blood off the floor and is talking in her creepy demon voice and jumps out the window and like onto their neighbor the woman the sexy woman neighbor and like attacks the shit out of her yeah and owen is goes into this tailspin and he's trying to talk to his mom who's like medicated herself to sleep and Mm. he calls his dad who's no help and no he asks abby if she, flat out if she's a vampire and this is where she says she's been 12 for a very long time mm-hmm. and so he sees a picture on the table and it's her with the richard jenkins character but as a boy oh okay so here's what i thought had happened is that <laughs> she had met him as a boy and then let him grow to be an adult uh, and then made him a vampire for like an indeterminate amount of time because it was like convenient to have an adult with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I wasn't like too crazy off. I just 
I really thought he was a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, he only goes out at night also. So I yeah. could see that happening. We never see him during the day either. Right, right. And he's also So that is secretive. a fair point. Yeah, yeah. So my bad, but, you know, he's just a creepy dude. So but exactly. Honestly, I think it makes it scarier that he is this human who does this like bidding because it, oh, yeah, that actually gives me more of an ick, I think yeah yeah well we are gonna get a new vampire because the woman who Mm -hmm. she fed on doesn't die and is in the hospital and she starts drinking her own blood out of her own arm this Ah. scene is so fucked up (laughs) like i don't know if i've ever talked about it on the podcast but um hospitals are one of the scariest places to me and not Mm. just because like of like you know like oh it's sad and the death and the illness there's just something about something horrifying happening happening in a place where there's always activity like 24 7 Mm. like that really gets me and so this scene where it's it's a pretty short scene and it's a pretty short span of time but where this woman turns on herself and starts suckling her own blood while there's like her family and doctors talking right outside the door. <sighs> yeah, it did something to me. I did not. I mean, I loved it because it's fantastic, but I also hated this scene. Yeah, because then the nurse opens the blind. Yes, and I feel so and- bad for her. <laughs> The poor nurse, and then the woman bursts into flames, and the yes. nurse catches on fire, and yeah. the whole room is just engulfed. Yeah, the nurse, like, tries to help her, so she goes, and she doesn't, of course, the nurse nurse doesn't know what's happening. Right. So she goes over to help, and she catches on fire, and you see her, like, take a few steps away on fire. It's oh. so fucked up. Yeah, and it really is. Yeah. And you know she dies because they mention it on the news later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That scene. Oh, oh. Yeah. Maybe I don't want to become a vampire. That seems like a lot of stress. The daylight part, it would be hard. It would be hard. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. So, yeah, that's traumatic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so now at the apartment, Abby wants to come into Owen's place. And they haven't really brought this up in this movie. The whole, like, you need to invite vampires in. Right. She says, you need to invite me in. And he says, what if I don't? And she comes in anyway. And then starts just bleeding from every, like, pore and orifice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it comes from, like, her scalp and starts dripping down her face. Ah! It's really gross. And so he freaks out. He says, you can come in. You can come in. And they let he's like why don't you take a shower and um so she cleans herself up and he's dancing to another like little 80s song Mm -hmm. they don't write them like that anymore (laughs) that was a a good one i love this the soundtrack for this yeah and he lets abby take one of his mom's dresses Mm -hmm. and mom comes home and abby like escapes out the window yeah and we get the old commercial which i never remember seeing but it says it's 10 p.m do you know where your children are <laughs> yes i re- I don't remember that specific one but i remember the one from like the late 90s early 2000s it was similar vibe 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I had never seen those. I had heard of it and seen it parodied, but not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was really popular on like local news channels yeah. um, because my father is the type of dad who has the bad habit of falling asleep in a chair in front of the TV. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was frequently on the TV late at night. This scene is just like your childhood. <laughs> it really is spot on. Yeah, yeah, mom's passed out and the commercials on the TV. Literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also used to climb in and out of windows, not to be secret, but just because I thought it was cooler. So, oh, that's fun. Yeah. So I am basically these children. You're ready. All, all you're missing is the vampirism. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So Owen goes to Abby's apartment and she's in the bathtub like covered in stuff yeah and cozy it does look cozy (laughs) i love being in a small confined space yeah i thought it was kind of a a really smart take on you know vampires usually sleeping in coffins because it is kind of coffin shape and then it has like these like lid on it so i thought that was actually like really funny and clever i liked that yeah and the detective shows up and I don't think he has a name either. They just call, he's just the detective. Yeah. And he is tracked, you know, this guy back to this apartment and he hears Owen inside. So mm-hmm. he kicks the door down and goes into the bathroom and he's about to pull the stuff away and let light on Abby. So Owen shouts out like, stop, you know, don't do that. And Abby then just attacks the shit out of this detective. Yeah. Again, another traumatizing scene. It's she, I mean, she has like a personal vendetta against this guy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's blood everywhere. Um, I don't know if you were going to mention it, but there's the really sad scene of, he's on the floor with her like suckling on him and he's very clearly gonna die i mean there's just blood everywhere and he has blood all over his hands and he reaches out to owen and owen it looks like he's actually gonna take his hand he just closes the door slowly oh yeah it's brutal yeah brutal (sighs) lets it happen Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And so after this, Abby says, well, I've got to leave. So she, <laughs> she <gotta> go. <laughs> gotta go. So she kisses Owen, leaving this like the detective's blood smeared on his lips. Oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, but then she just like hops in a cab, like off she goes. Yep. And um, <laughs> so Owen like hides the detective's body in that basement apartment. Yeah. Which I would like to know how you know he didn't leave like a huge trail of blood or no i have no idea well he's but... been doing the weightlifting so that's after true school. that's true he's a very strong yeah. boy now yeah he's been doing the weightlifting. so we get this final bullying scene so kenny has brought back his brother mm-hmm. who ends up being worse than he is oh he's real and... fucked up oh my god so he threatens to poke out one of owen's eyes with a knife mm-hmm. if he can't hold his breath for three minutes in the yeah. pool and then shoves his head down under and the pool. Holds him. Yeah. Uh, it's so traumatic as someone it who is, is I, I don't like pools or my head being underwater. So no. this part really freaks me out. Yeah. But then you hear all this 
commotion. Uh-huh. And then I, I don't know if you see the arm detach first or the <laughs> guy's head falls off. It's like, it's it's hard not to laugh when talking about it, but it is so genuinely, like as someone who watches a lot of horror movies and feels very desensitized to a lot of things, it is so genuinely fucked up and scary. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she's clearly been able to transform into some sort of creature and it's just yes. like ripping the shit out of all these kids. Yeah, I mean, there's and, at least four of them. So she's just. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's body parts and blood falling in the pool. Yeah. Dylan Minette gets dragged upside down mm-hmm. through the pool. And on the commentary, they said they actually did that. They hung oh. him upside down and would drag him through the pool like that. So like, oh that's actually him, wow. um, which is nuts. Good job. And like, I know. And it's just, it's so intense. And then she pulls Owen out yep. and Next thing you know, they're leaving together. They're on a train mm-hmm. and she's in her trunk and they're tapping their Morse code to each other. Yes. And he's eating their now and later and off they go. Yes. Yep. So cute. They're having an adventure. It's very cute. But you also have to wonder, is he going to be the Richard Jenkins character in, you know, right. like 20 to 30 years? And it's yeah. like, it's one of the most like sweet slash disturbing endings to any story. Exactly. It's like, oh, this is so sweet in the moment. But like, what is next for these two? Exactly. And then you have to like, you know, kind of, you know, well, especially now that I know he wasn't a vampire and everything, <laughs> what has happened. I did always kind of assume, though, that there is like a level of maybe manipulation that she's doing with you know keeping these like companion you know it's yeah very doctor who and his companions you know oh i don't watch doctor who oh yeah yeah so you always have like a lady or companion or something yeah they always have a lady with them you know they travel around in a box so really (laughs) i mean it's identical Maybe um, Chloe can be the next doctor. Ooh, I would sign up for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a very fitting. I don't want to use the term like bittersweet, but yeah, it's it is quite funny how like bright and kind of cheery the final scene is, and it's yeah. like ooh. ooh. And also, there was literally just four teenagers brutally murdered. Oh yeah, and they're just like, "All right, let's get our train tickets and get out yeah. of here." And then again, <laughs> that poor gym teacher, like they oh. they lure him away because they set a dumpster You're on fire, right. and they're like, "There's a fire," and he's going out to put out this literal fire, and he's going to come come back and rip to pieces in the pool. I didn't even think of that. He's so <laughs> like, getting fired. Oh my god. Poor guy. Oh. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I think about him a lot now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, this is the thing, yeah, I didn't really, I don't think I was really working with, well, I guess I wa- did watch this a few years ago, but not in a way like, oh, I'm someone who works with children, and now it's just yeah. like, oh my god. Oh my like god. the worst day ever on the job. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but now one of your students is missing too. Right. Like, he probably left right from there. It doesn't look like he has a lot of stuff um yeah you're fucked dude you're oh man he's gotta be fired i'm sorry yeah someone has I mean, to you know... i mean say if he didn't i'd quit i'd be like i can't work at this school anymore <laughs> exactly. the fuck is going on 
Oh my god. Seriously, poor guy. Uh, well, on that note, let's take a short break and then we'll return with our gothic roundup and we'll decide is it gothic? All right, ghosties, we're back with our gothic roundup. All gothic films have four elements, a girl, a guy, a house, and a haunt. And in this one, our girl and guy, in this order, are Owen and Abby. Mm-hmm. And there is this kind of, you know, we always say girl, guy, not gender terms. But there is this, like, androgyny. Even if we yes. take out the fact that the movie is not acknowledging that she, in the origin story, was actually a boy. Yeah. Like, they're just very androgynous children. They are. I mean, it's kind of a, you know, a, a factor of casting children who look like children is mm-hmm. kids just inherently are more androgynous mm-hmm. um and you know like robert ebert said um robert roger oh my god <laughs> sorry um you know there is this like just very sexless you know any sort of like romantic aspects that really has more to do with like just closeness and having someone to be close to it's not you know sensual so right yeah but you're right yeah they are like androgynous and also in the sense that the roles are kind of reversed yep yeah Mm -hmm. like she's the more masculine figure Mm -hmm. especially when we first meet her she's always in a hoodie we don't really see her hair Mm -hmm. you know they dress her i feel like more masculine and then Cody Smith McPhee just looks very androgynous. Like yes. they, he's still using that to his advantage with yes. um, uh, Power of the Dog and some very cute fashion campaigns he's been in. Yes. Yeah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he's also, the bully's always calling him a little girl and yeah. stuff like this. So oh, there's an interesting right. gender dynamic yeah. between the two of them. You're right. You're right. And again, that is like why I love breaking down things like this in the podcast because like you like just you saying the thing about the bully being like little girl little girl you know when I'm watching it I'm just thinking oh that's so mean but you know now like looking it's so like demasculating and Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it is you know and then she when she speaks in sort of her authoritative voice it's very deep and manly and demonic so um you know, they definitely play with gender roles. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but you mentioned a Ebert, a Rob, Robert. Um, Robert. <laughs> Good old Robbie. He, his review uh, talks a bit about the ending as well and, and talks about how he says Owen will most likely move into Abby's life as her next familiar. She will protect him. Among the things she will save him from is the necessity of growing up and functioning as a normal male. She will control everything. To be a servant is the price for not being a victim. Interesting. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there from <laughs> yes from Ebert. Um, but yeah, yeah. I like you said a lot to unpack. It's hard because I definitely see where he's coming from, and I agree in some sense. But on the other hand, like I always got the sense that he 
genuinely liked being around Abby and yes yes she's offering him this protection and you could look at it as he becomes very like subservient which you kind of see with you know maybe the relationship will evolve that way because it is Mm -hmm. kind of what happens to um Abby and the guardian but at least for the time being it's a symbiotic relationship right we have to hope that they'll do it differently this time I think yeah which you know might not happen but yeah what do they say like craziness is doing the same thing over and over again and (laughs) expecting expecting different results yeah 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 fingers crossed though for sweet sweet Owen I know know? even though he's crazy and scary right and so in a way she's kind of saving other people from him too but like but not really because i mean he'll have to kill people but he'll be (laughs) he'll get to he'll get to do that like you get the feeling that he would become a murderer and like he now will and like will get to do that but whereas the richard jenkins character seems to not like doing it yeah i wouldn't actually enjoy it right well and it's so funny it might work it kinda, out better yeah it kind of brings back like that richard jenkins character like feeling very serial killery and especially you know once i realized he was human um <laughs> like that very like eerie like serial killer i feel like owen would fit into that a little bit better you know although you know there weren't that many serial killers in the 90s so he's going a little against the grain but we love that for him you know yeah yeah they're in the desert yeah there could be and we just never hear about it that is true and i mean there's still some and i mean there's still some to this day so yeah and they're all the young white men so yeah it's true it's true so speaking of the desert, uh, I put our house down at Los Alamos, the town, mm, okay. um, and the 80s, the 80s. This movie yeah. is very 80s, and I generally hate the 80s. I don't like mm. 80s nostalgia yeah. and like Stranger Things and all that stuff I cannot fucking stand. And I went off on a rant. I feel like like 10 years ago was like peak 80s we're yeah. getting into we're getting into 90s now we are. like yeah olivia rodrigo is ushering us into yeah reliving the 90s and i'm down yeah. for that 90s and I like, like early 2000s yeah uh, for sure i love the 90s but the 80s i fucking hate like trump mm. is from the 80s like trump's mm. slogan might as well be make america 1980 again like there's yeah. just I hate that everything that's wrong with this country originated in the 80s, politically, right. socially, yeah. all this stuff. And so what I love about this movie is that the 80s are fucking miserable for these. Kids. Yes. It somehow manages to be both nostalgic for the 80s and like this sucked. <laughs> yes, you're right. <laughs> Because, like, in Stranger Things, everything is bright and neon. And then, you know, we kind of brought it up earlier, like, with the arcade scene. Like, yes, it's bright and it's neon, but it looks fucking depressing in there. Like, it's this, like, very, like, cool tone. Like, you know, I would, like, I'm just thinking right now, I'm sitting in my bedroom with, like, my warm-toned fairy lights. If I had to spend five minutes in that (laughs) arcade, I would fucking go off the deep end. And yeah, everything's so dark and dreary. And, you know, in Stranger Things, they're always riding around on their bicycles. They can get anywhere they need to go on their uh, bicycles. Very Spielberg. It's like, yes, it's so obvious in this that it's like, because I thought you were going to say for the um, house, it would be like the apartment complex. 
because it feels like they're fucking stuck there because they can't go yes. anywhere. They're not yeah. old enough to drive or go anywhere. And they're, you know, his mom says something about not leaving the courtyard. Like they feel very oh, like stuck. True. Yeah. yeah. They don't have the freedom that these other 80s kids no. have. And I don't think a lot of kids in the 80s really did. I mean, I grew up I in didn't. the 90s. You didn't? No, yeah. but I also couldn't ride a bike and didn't want to yeah. go anywhere. But maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because I was trapped, yes. you know, and I just yeah. internalized that. We'll do with that so gothic on you. My childhood, <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh, man, <laughs> I can't wait for that one. That one will be yeah. really traumatic. Yeah. But yeah, I really, really like your point about this showcasing the 80s as this, like, kind of bummer of a time there's like yeah. bullies you know it sucks it sucked yeah yes it was a different time and it was bad like mm-hmm. let's acknowledge that it was bad yeah <sighs> but um yeah so then we have our haunt vampirism <laughs> yep. we've had a few vampire things i don't know if this quite the only thing it really does differently is the whole let me in thing but even that's not really fully um like, like integrated into the story yeah, yeah. right yeah it you know, I like it because they do mention it a couple of times. And when I think of the title, I think of it more as like, you know, not to sound like a film bro, but like, let me in to your life, you know, like, mm-hmm. let me crack the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I get like what they were doing, but it's, it's so funny because I feel like sometimes with like, you know, I've, I've read a couple vampire books. I wish I could remember one off the top of my head, but like more modern vampire stories, you know, they'll joke about how the stereotypes aren't true. And I like that oh, this yeah. is a movie that has those stereotypes, but they play it like pretty seriously. Like yeah. the daylight, obviously catching that one poor woman on fire, um, the sleeping in the bathtub. There's something else they do that I thought was really oh when she eats the candy and she immediately vomits oh yeah yeah um because I think there's a scene in oh my goodness what was it that I was watching maybe what we do in the shadows I can't remember but they eat something I think it is what we do in the shadows in the movie um they eat something and they just start vomiting like for like minutes on minutes like just a constant stream and it is like kind of funny well it is funny in that movie but it's you know they take it seriously in this movie and i feel bad for her yeah yeah, yeah. i like that it adheres to the vampire tropes mm-hmm. with really dwelling on them we don't need to know about we'd never find out how she got made a vampire yeah um there's no really lore behind it it relies on the audience just knowing these basic vampire tropes yes which i appreciate as well you're just coming into it with that knowledge Right, right. And then I wanted to suggest a bonus gothic. Mm. One that I've forgotten about because we haven't had one in a while, but I should have brought it up for House of Yes. And that is Romantic Rival. And I really should have brought it up for House of Yes because we never get a romantic rival who is someone's biological Um, But but because the um the two the the adult richard jenkins and he starts getting jealous of the kid it's hard to tell is he jealous or is he protecting him you know is he like don't go near that kid because i don't want him to turn into me or is he like feeling jealous that she's going to replace him you know it's it's such an interesting 
Yeah. So it might not even be romantic, but there does seem to be this tension there. Right. And when Owen finds the picture, it's unclear, correct me if I'm wrong, if he knows that that's right. the Guardian. Um, but he sees this picture and it's, um, I believe it's like one of those photo booth pictures, like with the strips. And they look like it's, you know, Abby and this other boy. Um and they're like having a good time and that really upsets owen he gets very upset and i think he leaves that's or something true. um so yeah there's like this possessiveness yeah for sure yeah mm-hmm. and then i i do really like that scene but it was just making me think like that photo booth picture would have had to be taken in like 1942 and i just mm. feel like no one looked like chloe moretz in 1942 like she no. <laughs> yeah like, she's been like genetically engineered like to look yes the way she does like yes. she just looks so 2012 no one looked like her in 1942 <laughs> i think there's like a there's like a a tiktok trend or something i've seen a couple of videos about it about how like there are certain people who you know you could picture them like in the 1800s like you have like your kira knightley's and you know mm-hmm. those types yeah, of actresses but then you have actresses like um you know like zendaya i mean like i could not picture her in like a period piece chloe grace moretz right you know there are just some people who they just don't they look like modern people <laughs> yes yeah zach efron yes mm. yeah he's a modern boy he definitely yes. is even i will say i think even daniel radcliffe kind of falls into that because he was very distracting to me in woman in black for that reason is he looks too modern yeah interesting yep that's my hot take for this episode i love that yeah (laughs) our other (laughs) hammer film so yeah yes yeah right well what do you think is this movie gothic i would say so I think it's gothic, you know, it, it's not spooky house candelabra gothic, but I think it's gothic. I think so too. I was trying to remember what we said about Interview with the Vampire. Something yeah. about vampires feels not gothic to me, but I do right. think this is gothic because we're, yeah. we're getting into the same tropes or it could like, it could be like the prequel to a gothic, you know, we're definitely going yes. into gothic territory. Right. Um, you know, it's skirting that, but I do right. think it is gothic. Yeah, and I think you know vampires are such an interesting like horror creature because i think inherently they are like one of the most gothic i mean i'm pretty sure dracula is like a quintessential gothic novel but there's something about it i think the term gothic to me and i think to a lot of people really does evoke you know again like that crimson peak like yeah spooky old house big ball gown but I mean, honestly, like, what is more gothic than living a ungodly amount of time and like drinking blood? Like, it's so gothic. Seducing people to do yes. your bidding. Yeah. Right. No, yes. it's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so gothic. Let me in. So gothic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda, and thank you, Ghosties, for listening to us break down Let Me In. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or do our little poll on Spotify. Drop us an email at SoGothicPod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram.
Instagram where every month or so we post a picture. And sometimes we hint at what we'll discuss next. So until then, stay ghosty. Boo-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you.